I'm Lloyd Freeman, and this is Dimensions of Diversity. Women of color, often seen within their various communities as the pillar or the backbone of those communities. Um, they're often seen as strong and sometimes even impenetrable. But who's going to take care of the caretaker? Uh, when it comes down to it, there are often times where you have women of color who are facing the dilemma of, do I take care of myself or continue to be there for others? To break that down with us today, we have Dr. Lizette Sanchez, who is a bilingual licensed psychologist and the daughter of Latino immigrants who brings a firsthand perspective around the pressures and anxieties that families of color deal with when it comes to simply taking a day off from work. Dr. Lizette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lloyd. I'm so excited to be here and I'm really passionate about talking to you about this topic that we're highlighting today because within my work my specialty is really working with BIPOC communities first gen professionals and really folks who often experience a lot of marginalization in this in the systems that we live in yeah well and and it's a it's such a heavy as the head that wears the crown right you know you you elevate and exalt these individuals deservedly so uh, for being the, uh, the the child bearers and the the, the caretakers, uh, and this doesn't yeah. simply go for uh, for the young ones, but also for the elderly. Uh, but then, of course, there comes a moment, and particularly in the times we've been living in recently, where you have to think about your own health, uh, your physical health, as well as your mental yeah. health. And so, let's kind of break that down. Um, what do you see as kind of the the general state of um, you said the the BIPOC women? Uh, with carrying kind of all of these burdens. Are there some some physical tolls and some mental tolls being taken on those individuals? There's physical toll and mental toll taken on individuals, um, especially, so we're talking about women of color and predominantly who I see often are black women and Latina women. So I know I'll be focusing more on those populations. And when we talk about the physical tolls, I think we hear about that a lot. You hear people complain about sometimes headaches or stomach aches, a lot of this, what we refer to like in psychologists refer to as somatic symptoms. Right, you, you feel really nervous about something uh, or you feel really anxious, stressed and it manifests as a physical symptom. Um, then there's also the emotional distress that people often experience and what, how you see it more frequently is in anxiety symptoms. Mm -hmm. And anxiety symptoms can look like um, irritability, uh, can look like um, having uh, racing thoughts, increased heart rate, and sometimes there's also panic type symptoms. And these can come off for many, many, sorry, these can be triggered by a lot of different events, a lot of different situations. Uh, but mainly what really triggers a lot of these responses or folks is when we're not able to have our own basic needs met. Mm -hmm. In my work, and I don't know, Lloyd, are you familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Absolutely. From okay. psychology 101 in high yeah, school. So yes. Most people have psych 101. And I always have to remind people, if we don't have a sense of psychological safety, in addition to a physical safety, then we can't really build anything from that. So true, yeah. And so really being in an environment sometimes where it's hard to prioritize this, but to prioritize that makes it even more challenging for folks to actually have their basic needs met. So as you're, as you're looking at, uh, you know, kind of the, the Hobson's choices I presented it, you know, whether or not, you know, you prioritize taking care of yourself or maybe even, you know, going to work so that you can provide for and take care of others. Are there specific dimensions of diversity? You know, are we talking about Black women versus Latina women? Or, you know, are there specific dimensions of diversity that tend to experience some of these external factors that are, uh, I guess, even more consequential than others, like unpaid um, uh, or yeah, unrecognized, yeah. you know, leave for, for being able to kind of take that personal time? 
we cope with our stressors depending on the resources available to us, right? And so when you, let's say you work, you're at a workplace and they don't have paid sick leave available, but mm -hmm. this is how you pay the bills. So then you're faced with a very difficult choice when you're sick. You're faced with the choice of, do I go into work not feeling well, or do I make this impossible choice of losing my wages for the day and knowing that I won't be able to feed my child or feed myself or pay, make ends meet, meet, pay the rent at the end of the day, right? So one is the, the policies in different workplaces. And we all know there's some small businesses that just can't afford to provide this, right? So that's right. Level. Um, and so there's that. That's one facet of dimensions of that. Um, the other one is just also the cultural views around rest and the stigma around it, right? One, we live in a culture that's really, um, I guess, emphasizes the importance of pushing through. Absolutely. Culture, right? Because you're not tired. <laughs> tough it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tough it out. Get through it. Get through it. You can do this. You can do this. I got this, right? You'll sleep push when you're through, dead. Push, push through right? All of those messaging. So one, you're fighting these internal messages. Two, then there's any cultural values around it. I know myself also, and I think also within the Black community, is just thinking about like the work ethic that you're bringing into the spaces that you Absolutely. are in. You're showing up, you're doing your best. And resting, resting means I'm lazy. What do you mean I'm going to rest? I'm going to get off my butt and get my work done. Right, and so right. that, that like the value of rest is lazy, the cultural value of pushing through in hustle culture. And um, I think, and then the, alongside with any of the policies or resources, right, that add limitations to these, right? So the unpaid sick leave. And then within that, I guess underneath that is, we talked, you brought this up earlier, Lloyd, you talked about how, um, women of color can predominantly be caregivers. And so another layer is, are these women then also, who are they caring for? Is it themselves, their children? Do they have other family obligations, whether you know it's an elder family member or not? And how much support do they have? Are they single parents? Because sometimes, I mean, the people who are most impacted are single parents, single black and Latina moms. Yeah. You know, I even, uh, as we're talking here, I sit and I think, you know, you're talking about, of course, you know, kind of how society couches uh, these individuals as, um, you know, they're, they're very powerful, right? You know, so on the positive yeah. and on the negative, you know, if you take time for yourself, then you're seen as weak or you're seen as lazy and, you know, you kind of fall into that stigma or stereotype, if you will. But on the other side, I wonder, Dr. Lizette, whether these women of color know how to rest because they likely have seen, and again, this is just kind of me just, you know, ruminating here, but they likely have seen examples, you know, growing up. And so they think about their mother or, or their aunts or their grandmother, they didn't see them rest. And so it's kind of a learned behavior where, again, you have to push through, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, like this comes with the job of being, you know, the mom or being the woman in the family. Do you think they know how to rest by and large? Learning how to rest is, yes, it definitely can be taught. And I think that's a large part of why I do on my work. And how I refer to this is we're breaking generational cycles of trauma. Mm -hmm. And there's that generational cycle of, you know, uh, working and pushing through and not resting because resting is viewed as lazy. So one is people have to work on their mindset around that and understand that rest is productive and rest helps us be more effective members of society and be more, be happier members of society is maybe better, be happier on our own, right? Uh, and so... But yeah, it can something can be taught, but it's really hard. Initially, you have to understand that when you're sitting down to rest and there's dishes in the sink and there's, you know, what, whatever else is you've been taught that, you know, you don't go to bed with a dirty home, right? Or something, whatever kind of that thought is. 
I remember my Did we grow up in the same house, Dr. Lizetta? You sound like you grew up with me. <laughs> I still, to this day, I remember my mom coming over once and being like, oh, are you going to do the dishes? And I'm like, mom, you know, I'm really tired. I think I'm just going to take care of it a little bit later. The look on her face, the look on her face. And she's like, I can just, I was like, no, you are not going to do the dishes. They're going to stay there and they will stay there until I'm ready to do. And it is okay. Yeah. The, the, nothing, nothing catastrophic will happen, even though that is, how you feel about it right and so but it's taken me a lot of time to work through that and that's through my own therapy experiences that's through my own healing journey and so I share that because therapy is also really highly stigmatized uh, but it's something that I encourage folks to consider experiencing whether it's through a mental health professional or through the community parts of it right starting to join different groups to not feel so alone in this experience absolutely so, of course, that's putting um, or giving, I guess, options, you know, to those individuals who are, you know, themselves affected. But third parties, you know, like what can the leaders of these corporations and, you know, the folks who absolutely are in charge with fostering this this workplace, as we've been touting, certainly for the last few years, how to make it more inclusive. What can those individuals do to bring about a workplace that speaks better to these affected individuals? having really clear policies around their sick leave, right? If we're talking about how to help people learn how to rest more, then you should have clear policies around what, what the sick leave options are. Can you afford to offer some paid sick leave options to your employees? Um, and if uh, and then just making that process very, very clear for folks, because sometimes, you know, you start a new place, you're not quite sure how to ask for the time off. You don't know, can I just trade a day with someone? I know my yeah. mom does that game a lot of like looking at the schedule, who's there, who she can switch with um, to just kind of alleviate some of the stress. But it's also the big culture around it. How are how does a company, uh, how do the leaders deal with taking time off? Do they encourage folks to take time off? Do they talk about this? Um, you know, there are some companies who have those policies. I've I've seen more recently where they the whole company shuts down for like a week and they have just like a skeleton crew for that week where the and then they provide like retreats or they do some um, community building exercises for their employees during that time so that they can just rest from the day-to-day -day work, feel more connected and, and then, and, ha but ha and have that time, have that flexibility in their schedule, um, which I know is like, it's a dream, right? I wish everyone could offer this. I wish this absolutely, <laughs> um, but I also understand that there's a lot of barriers for folks. Uh, and that's why it's great when there are different campaigns uh, to really, I guess, help reduce that gap, right? So like the Theraflu's and the Good Plus Foundation's like campaign to rest and recover, the, that the rest and recover is a right, not a privilege. Mm -hmm. um, like really helping people understand like that's something you can do. And here's a resource that can help provide grants for families who are the most impacted and affected. Love that. And it's really a, a, a true way in order for you to be able to show up as your best yeah. self, as your best self. Yeah. So I have to tell you, because of course, I call myself a bit of a recovering attorney, right? You know, practice law for a number of years. And I will tell you that, you know, from practicing law, whether you are in a law firm or you work at the DA's office or you work in a corporation, et cetera, it's a stressful job. Uh, and so, you know, you, you have uh, a ton of folks who are in this profession who 
experience high levels of stress, um, high levels of anxiety. What are some of the then smaller um, uh, little mm -hmm. bits that each of these individuals can practice, you know, who experience this stress on, on the daily and they can't wait for the, the larger retreat or, or you know, they can't mm -hmm. wait for the, the, the company to build out the wellness room. Uh, what can they do on an individual basis? I always talk about this in the concept of five minutes. Uh, because when we're all really busy, you know, this idea of like taking, you know, even just the 30 minutes of movement a day, that's like, that's way too much. That's, that's too much work. I can't do that. I have to, I'm working 16 hours a day. I like, don't have time to think I'm eating in front of my computer. Like yeah. I understand that. Like you're go, 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 go. <laughs> and for some jobs that's, there's waves, right? So you're like, I just have to get through this one really intense week. And then we have a wave where something slows down for a little bit and we go back and forth. So just to talk about the sustainability around that, but um, most of the time, you know, you can do something really intense for a short period of time. It's also thinking about that, that chronic stress, but coming back. So five minutes, um, you have five minutes to do something to help you feel more grounded. Um, so grounding exercises is one example of something that you can do. And you can look this up for more examples, but a grounding exercise is something that helps you feel more present in the here and now in a moment of stress. And so, uh, a common one that most people have learned about is, uh, like, taking a deep breath, right? So diaphragmatic breathing, taking moments to just take some breaths to relax. Now, this is a highly effective way to really reduce your stress in that moment because taking these deep breaths reduces the level of cortisol that you're experiencing in your body. So that's a stress hormone. So mm -hmm. you're already reducing the stress hormone with the deep breaths. One, two, when you're taking deep breaths, you're also reducing your heart rate. So let's say you're also feeling anxious because when we're stressed, we're stressed because we're wanting to meet a deadline. We're trying to just do good work. Um, so we're feeling anxious about how good it's going to be or not. So having these exercises can help at the bare minimum. Just again, you're present. You can focus more. So I don't know about you, Loy. When I'm really, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling a bit dysregulated, it's hard for me to focus. It's hard for me to do a good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I remind folks, I'm like, those five minutes that you take to recenter yourself is so that you can be more effective at completing that project that you're working at, at doing whatever else it is. You can do those five minutes as you're waking up in bed, you know, set your alarm five minutes early. Like I know, I know that many of us have a problem with the snooze button myself. It's a habit that I'm trying to work on. Let me right? raise both hands. <laughs> <laughs> I, snooze. I snooze all the time. Um, but you know, maybe this is a gift I'm giving to myself where the snooze button is now an intentional snooze. The snooze button is I'm pressing snooze for five minutes, but in these five minutes, I'm going to keep my eyes closed. It's okay. But I'm going to be doing the deep breaths to center myself, to prepare myself for the day. Or, or maybe I'm doing it in the shower. Maybe I'm doing it on the drive. But I'm trying to give you examples of, there are so many ways that we can fit in these five minutes into our day to just mm -hmm. help us be a bit more relaxed. So if you look up grounding exercises, you can find a bunch of other options. The breathing is one of my favorites because like I said, it has all these other benefits. Um, but, but that's great. But And something else I'll give as a quick example is, um, it's also think about other, what in your life brings you any joy, peace, uh, or excitement, um, and that you can fit into those five minutes? Do you have a favorite song that you that just like pumps you up, makes you feel good, right? Do you have scents? Is it certain scents that help you feel more at ease? And so, if that's the case, then buying or you know making you know like I love lavender. Lavender is really calming for me, and so I'm really intentional about every hand soap I have or or like uh, like a small hand lotion. Like your scent, you know, this, your scent is so powerful. Your olfactory senses, right? So absolutely familiar scents that are calming or relaxing. That would work great. I had a client who I worked with once who found the scent of, um, 
dryer sheets to be really comforting. Just like really? that sound. Yeah. Dryer sheets. <laughs> like I, I share this because it's like we don't the what sense is comforting to you may not be to someone else. And yeah, you it's your creative. thing. It's a, wow. Yeah, dryer sheets. And so this is great because you can get them anywhere. You can get them at the dollar store, right? You can get them in that nine cents store. You get some dryer sheets. You can put them in different places. So it's something that's accessible to you. And then you suddenly get these like wolves of like the scent that calms you in different spaces. So you know what? You know what? As you bring that up. Mm -hmm. I likely haven't been, I likely have been employing this, you know, as we record this episode, we're coming up on the holiday season and Mm -hmm. just instinctively kind of as December rolls around, I surround my entire house with like the smell of like cinnamon and uh, (laughs) those holiday smells, you know, like apple and things like that. And there is something about it. It really brings me a sense of nostalgia. You know, I don't live, you know, near my my mom or or my siblings, et cetera. And so there's just something about those smells. It kind of takes me back to to family. And so you're right that there are those those, those smells like you can kind of just close your eyes and just with that smell alone, it takes you to a different place. Yeah, it takes you to a different place. And that's really special. So that's what I mean, those five minutes, give yourself five minutes of that and then come back to your day. Then you go back to whatever project you have at hand, whatever yeah. you have to do, that, that's the day to day. Now, if you're feeling sick, five minutes, you know, won't, won't feel great, right? right? Um, and so that, that's when we come back to, do you have, is it accessible for you to take time off? Do you have health insurance? And do you have the resources to afford either an unpaid sick day or is your company offering you paid sick time off? So, but I love what we just did there. And, and I, I can't wrap up without talking about the power in this, you know, uh, truly, you know, you just shared some, um, uh, you know, a, a technique there, even with the dryer sheet, something I didn't relate to, but within 30 seconds, I instantly had something that related to me by way of the, the smells of the holiday season, if you will talk about, um, um, if you could, before we wrap up the power of having kind of an accountability partner or, or a, a support network, because I know that for instance, in my firm, uh, we have these affinity groups, uh, employee resource groups, if you will. Uh, and so we have one, um, um, called our Buchanan cares group and it's for our, um, uh, working parents and our care caregivers, caretakers, et cetera. And, it provides really just a sounding board. How is everyone else dealing with everything? The profession, COVID, flu season, back to school, uh, elderly parents, you know, all D, all the above. Uh, so what's, what's the power in just sharing and talking with someone else and hearing their experiences? Okay, so there's, there's a lot of power in that. So one is we, can, we often experience a lot of emotions in isolation. Right? because it's so stigmatized to talk about our experiences. Right, right. We, we worry often, it's a common worry in lots of the folks I work with, um, that we are a burden to someone because we're sharing a struggle that we're experiencing, a very real struggle, a struggle that many people experience. And when you're in these communities, you just feel, want, you feel less alone, you feel less alone, then these emotions, these feelings, these experiences become a bit more normalized, you feel validated. Um, and all of that's really powerful because then we can feel more motivated to do something because we feel more motivated as a group. We feel more motivated together, feel more motivated to, you know, support different causes that are there to alleviate mm-hmm. the stress for folks. Um, and in these groups, it's, it's that community, but then now you have all of these people who could benefit from different resources and perhaps within that together, sharing resources that they found and have learned that have been helpful for each and every one of them. Right. So, you know, like the campaign that I'm talking to you about today a little bit, right? So like they are providing micro grants to families to help offset the costs of lost wages. Um, and right now they, they started this campaign last year. This is again, the Theraflu and the Good Plus Rest, the Right to Rest and Recover campaign. And 
they're providing grants for up to, I think, 1,200 families this year to really just help offset the cost of taking an unpaid sick day so that folks who are then are stuck with, are experiencing difficulties with making that decision around, mm -hmm. do I take a day off and lose my wages, but then I recover and can come back to work and be more effective? Or do I push through? Again, battling all of the internalized uh, messaging that we talked about earlier. They're like, resting makes you lazy. Like, you should need to push through. So you're already battling that. Right? And if you don't go to work, you you like can't afford groceries for this month. And so uh, having these additional resources like these grants that are there to help and you know what, Lloyd, I didn't touch on this earlier, but statistically, they did poll some folks to understand more of how much people would feel that they would benefit from this. And I had the numbers and I wanted to just share this with you, but specifically people who they interviewed Black and Latina women and 70% of Black women and 68% of Latina women shared that if they had some form of financial assistance, then they would feel more comfortable with taking a sick day. Uh, and, and that just to give you the high percentage, whereas 93% of Black women and 92% of Latina women, they admitted that they were working while they were sick because they felt that they couldn't afford to take the sick day. Right. So right. of that, if 70, basically around 70% of them say that if I have this resource, then I'm more likely to take the time I need, right? So these employee resource groups bringing attention to different, like if the camp company can't offer it, then what, how can you fill in these gaps? How can you find other resources and share them with these communities? Um, and if these resource groups maybe don't necessarily need them themselves, then amplifying the um, voice of the, the campaign, right? Sharing this, sharing it with other folks who may benefit from this. They know most, most people have some connection to someone who needs this resource. Uh, I, I, maybe I speak from growing up working class myself and growing up in the like immigrant community, but I know that from my, in my community and the people that I know and who I love, there are still people who would benefit from accessing this. And, and really circling this back to um, uh, the general themes of this podcast. I mean, if we can implement a, a lot of this sharing, um, making it a bit more commonplace to simply talk about this, um, taking yeah. those, uh, those, um, those, those small moments to be able to just take the deep breaths or maybe, you know, enjoy the, the scents and sounds that make you, uh, keep you grounded and make you feel uh, as if you can be, you know, your, your best self. And that will get us to that optimal inclusion that we're always striving for. Dr. Lizette, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I can tell you that I've learned a lot. I can tell you I'm also headed to the store to buy some more cinnamon and I'm <laughs> going to put some more around my house, yes. <laughs> maybe even yes. in my office. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Lloyd. This is wonderful. Thank you for having me. Of course.